Hello everybody and welcome. This is Back to Back episode one. With me, Sandy Holt. And me, Roxanne McCarthy. This is a new show. Where some of Midnight's favourite guests... Get the chance to chew the fat. And ask each other questions. Hello Roxanne. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Um, well, it's a long time no see. I know. It's been a while. When, In fact, let's start with when was the last time I saw you? I know I did see you at, well, I saw you at a friend's funeral. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that later. But prior to that, when was the last time I saw you? I'm not sure. I am honestly not sure. It'll be years and years ago that I stepped foot into the gym. Because my mum obviously trained with you and then she got me to come along with her. But obviously I wasn't as dedicated as she was because I've got all these other hobbies. Um, so, yeah, it'll be years and years. Right. So your mum, Caroline, is she fine? Yeah, she she's good? good. Yeah, she is. Brilliant. Oh, well, we, yeah, me and your mum go back a long way. Like you said, Thai boxing, I think, is our uh, starting point. Mm. Um, I was, last night was my first time ever. Um, up to yesterday, I was a Zoom virgin. Right, wow. Have you ever been on Zoom? Oh, yeah, Zoom. I, well, I work from home, so it's, well, it's not Zoom. It's more Teams, but one in the same, constant phone calls, backwards and forwards. Yeah, so it's. It, I find it, I don't know, I find it strange and I still haven't really, obviously I've had to adapt because it's my job, but, I, I, you know, you're missing that connection and that interaction and even just you can't see body language when you're sat behind a camera, which I really struggle with. So, yeah, it's, it's, but it's the new thing. I can't believe you've only just been on Zoom. I know. I've I've been asked this many times because obviously a lot of people are doing, obviously, you know, do Thai boxing. And um, so people have been saying, why haven't I done online classes? Mm. Yeah, I was Um, wondering that as well. I have been doing, all last year, I was doing home videos, which are Facebook Lives. Mm. And I was just giving them out free. I just felt that I didn't want to charge people. I just feel that you're sort of almost falsifying something. And I'm sort of 100% in agreements with Zoom. I'm 100% against them. So mm. I'm sort of sat right on the fence. Um, I think there's so many benefits to that. But mm. online training, because you just said about that face-to-face, and mm. you know yourself from communication that, you know, it's something like almost 60% is body language. Mm. And, you know, and I know you can sort of see it on a you know, screen this big, um, watching somebody doing moves from a whole body perspective. Mm. I just feel, for me, teaching someone from home and somebody in a living room, you know, trying to throw a, a kick and a punch with nothing to hit, mm. um, you know, what do you do? It, you know, hit some, you know, your cushion or something on a, on a couch or, you know. <laughs> yeah, you could hold up the cushions, couldn't yeah. you? Use them as punch bags. Yeah, I mean, I know that this has been a massive in the last 12 months. It's been the, the biggest shaping of the world, not just mm. the UK, um, with regards to everything for what's happened, as you've just said about your work and everything, mm. and you're very... Last night, I was actually watching your show with Midnight McBride, and that's, you know, I thank you, Midnight McBride, because you brought uh, me and Roxy together so we can have a great chat, and I'm ex- super excited about this. Um, <clears throat> so I've got that many subjects to talk to you about, and I think we're going to end up zooming, excuse the pun, in and out. Um, I'm going to throw it back to you, so what's your first question? Oh, God, you put me on the spot now. Yeah. So what's my first question? I think it was around, do you know what What made me, so you'll have seen all my mental health thing that I did, and I know that, that I think there was a point, it was about halfway through mental health, and I saw that you were putting a lot about, you know, about the mind health, and I thought, oh, actually, I quite like that take on it, and obviously I'd, my whole campaign had gone mental health, mental health, it was like day one, day two. I thought, that's I really like Sandy's, like, 
ways thinking about the mind health and taking it away from mental and I was thinking maybe I can change my health campaign but I thought it's too late now so then I was thinking well actually you inspired me to next year instead of mental health to do something around mind health instead of yeah because you might you might well I don't know whether you've seen on my social media it was very much Roxy was an elf for 31 days that's incredible that is some self-discipline um so yeah with you know regards to that I love what you did with that play on words. And I think once you've got yourself um, like a catchphrase or, yeah. you know, we remember these things. It's like adverts, you know, for certain things, you know, you, you like there's a, there's a jingle, isn't there? You know, that you'll hear music and straight away you, it relates to that mm. subject, um, whatever the advert is or whatever the company or whatever that, you know, it could be HP sauce. It could be, a you know, <clears throat> an Hyundai. It could be whatever, you know, I don't know. But I think, you know, to do something like you did and, the discipline to do it. Did you say 30, 30 days? 31 days. 31 days. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, and you know what was funny? When I was watching uh, yours and Midnight Show, which I thought was brilliant, by the way. I thought it was one of the best shows I've seen because it flowed so well. Um, the subject matter and everything that you discussed. And the question that actually came in my mind just before you said it was what Midnight asked you, which was, how many outfits have you got? Surely you can't oh, wear the same one. But why do we think like that? <laughs> What's up with us? Um, where you said you had like three outfits, of, you know, that alternating between one for the horse and, you know, yeah. said the smelly one, as you called it. Um, that is, you know, that's a big subject to me, self-discipline. And mm. I think that's something that this country lacks. Um, and I'm going to jump onto the next subject with you, um, which relates to that. And you'll get it straight away. What I'm going to say to you is about... And I think self-discipline and respect go hand in hand. To me, mm. they're the left and right hand of, of a human being. And when you travel, and I will say, as soon as I say it, I know that your, your reaction will be Southeast Asia. Mm. Yeah. Straight away, your eyes lit up. The difference in the mindset between East and West, there, there is a big divide there. And it's something that we can learn a lot from. Mm. So your, as you said, I think your first trip was to Turkey. Um, yeah. Whereabouts in Turkey did you go, by the way? Question. Um, it was close to Dalaman. I can't think exactly where. Don't matter. So yeah, but the, se- the second trip was like a, a it literally that distance again. So you yeah. was in Malaysia. Malaysia. Which part of Malaysia? So we went to KL. Um, Kuala Lumpur. And, yeah, I've so had the, the pleasure. Yeah, yeah, we stayed there, and then we did a trip out to Penang, which was amazing. It was like because we the university was in so it's KL, but the, it was Sunway University, and that's where we kind of stayed and partnered up with the students there. And then we went on a day trip. Well, it wasn't a day trip; it was like a weekend trip to Penang, and it was just absolutely beautiful. Like the beaches there, it was just. Amazing. Is, it's Blue. Penang on the peninsula or is it an island just off? I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's an island. Right. Yeah. And that, I was blown away because obviously I've, I've been to Turkey, but we stayed in a villa and it, we were quite, we just, a group of friends went. So it was more, we had a bit of a party and we did a few like excursions, but it was nothing. We didn't really see the sights that much. It was just more of like a get, like going away on holiday with your friends. And then Malaysia was just, it, it blew my mind because like just going somewhere that was beautiful and all these surrounded by these beautiful people it just overwhelmed me and I think that is that is what encouraged me to travel when I was when I finished uni because I'd got that bug inside me and I was like wow if I can go out there and meet all these there must be so many more beautiful people and beautiful places I was like I have to I have to go and explore them yeah you got the taste yeah Yeah, same for myself I understand that completely Mm -hmm. 
Brilliant. Well, there's a you you'll be interested in this as well. So I did go to so my mum as I said this at the start. So mum has always had a passion for Muay Thai, and she her dream has always been to go over to Thailand and do you know, like a Muay Thai training camp. So when during my travels, I'd not seen my mum for a long time, probably. Well, it was about I think maybe six months, and I said to her, "I'll fly you out to." Thailand and we'll do like a two-week training camp so booked her on the flight she'd never traveled anywhere she never well she'd never traveled international so she flew to Abu Dhabi missed her connection flight ended up stuck in Abu Dhabi for two days we never talk about this now yeah (laughs) she'll be listening to this we never talk about this because she says it's like one of the worst worst experiences but anyway she when she finally got there and we did that two-week training camp and as you'll know from probably training out there in the first week I thought I was going to die it was absolutely brutal we did two hours in the morning two hours in the afternoon and I would be sick over the side of the ring and they say right have you finished now right let's but mm-hmm. let's keep going. But after that week of that brutal, like pushing through and pushing through in the next two weeks, I thought I'm starting to, you know, like feel a lot fitter and a lot stronger. And I always say, I wish I'd have done, if I'd have been there for three weeks in that third week, I would have been on top form. But no, we had a great time and it was, it's training out there was a lot di- more difficult with the heat and oh, incredibly different. Yeah. it's more disciplined, I think, than in yeah. the UK, for oh, sure. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the you know it's the capital of where it comes from. But mm. I didn't know that. I didn't know your mum had gone to Thailand. Yeah, and 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 she trained as well the whole yeah, two weeks. Yeah, she trained. She did have an injury wow. on. I think it was a shoulder that she was injured. Um, so that hampered her a little bit when she was there. But I'll I'll take her back and we'll do it again. Wow. So did you not get any downtime while you was in Thailand? Oh yeah, we did. We had um, so we training two hours in the morning, two hours at night. But then we were on Koh Samui. So we were on the island and we'd, I don't know, go on the beach during the day, massages, eat food and just relax. And obviously I'd not seen her for six months. So it was like a get back together. Um, and what a perfect and place connect. to do it. I know. In a paradise. I love Koh Samui. I've yeah. probably been about eight, nine times. I love them. So we're on the subject of Muay Thai and you can see that it's your passion. And why has it been your passion for so long? That's a good question. Um Basically, I started martial arts when I was 15, uh, getting bullied at school, something that um, that was mentioned in your Midnight McBride show mm. that you had with him. I think a lot of people that have come from that background of having adversity in their life seem to, um, I don't know if conquer is the right word, but seem to, you know, I'll use a Bolton term, crack on, mm. you know, get on, get up, get in, get out there and get it done. Yeah. Um, do something. You know, you've got two ways, you know, you can... You can pass and fail, can't you? Mm. And I think when you're when you've been bullied at school or wherever, you know, you can get bullied late in life. You get bullied in a relationship. You get bullied at work, mm. <clears throat> anywhere. Um, I think there's a, a drive inside you that causes something that turns into that word of we're both like, which is passion. Yeah, we're both passionate about lots of things. Uh, travel, you know, whatever you do, you know, enjoy your work, horses that you love. Um, and I found martial arts and it basically changed my life. Mm. Uh, so sort of to cut out a long story, um, it's uh, the driving force inside me has stayed. It's like a, a, a candle. I, I believe we've all got like a candle, internal candle. And you have a flame and that flame shines bright for something. And it's, mm. I've just had that, that one candle. That's, but it's led me to other things. It's led me to you know, like this um, and help people. 
which mm. is again you know we're not miles too too far apart with this yeah. we love doing things to help other people so it's been and i'll quote midnight saying it's a platform to get us to where we want to do what we want whilst helping other people so it's like a it, it, it's sort of you're giving and receiving at the same time yeah and it's helped me go well it's, as again same subject it's helped me travel the world because mm. i've been able to pass on my knowledge to other people through this platform of muay thai and if people wonder what mistake because you've said it the right way muay thai or muay thai and they say well is that what's the difference between that and thai boxing and kickboxing <clears throat> excuse me i'll explain it muay thai is the tight is thai word muay which is boxing thai which is short for thailand but yeah. actually thai it translates in english as free so yeah, if you actually rough translation it means free boxing um which in thailand you know we know that thailand boxing don't just use fists yeah. they use elbows knees and kicks and everything um so and it's i like that word because thailand has never been fully taken over it's never been occupied by you know yeah, they've had fights in Burma. It, it did take over the capital, former capital of Thailand um, in Sukhothai, but then they managed to kick them out. Um, they didn't occupy the full of Thailand. So Thailand has never been overrun. So it's mm. been a free country its whole existence. Hence the word Thailand, free land as it means. Yeah. So the passion has, has driven me uh, with you know being bullied into doing Thai boxing for myself, uh, becoming an instructor, becoming a champion, a fighter, now passing on that knowledge. And I think that's, it's sad when you've got a lot of, um, when you've learned something and it's been very beneficial, it's a shame to keep it. Mm. I think we should share it. Yeah. So a bit of a long answer. But, Sharing's uh, caring. Sharing's caring. A long yeah. answer, but that's basically, you know, where I am with uh, Muay Thai. Yeah. And are you missing it with the lockdown and not being able to, to train? Or are you still training in the background? It's, well, I mean, I'm on, we're on the third sort of, yeah. lockdown within the lockdowns aren't we and i've managed to adapt it plus what i forgot because i was doing a lot of home training i was exercising at home and i was doing my version of zoom which was just facebook lives at home mm. doing exercise i took a couple of dumbbells home <clears throat> excuse me and i was doing sort of like fitness because like i said nobody's got a well, i say nobody how many people do you know has got a punch bag in the in the living room yeah and well, my, how many mom, people, my mom has so yeah your mom might have yeah <laughs> you know there's very few isn't there yeah and how many people where you can get you know the husband all the all the pads for the for the wife or the wife all the pads for the kids and mm. you know they're not going to do it they're not teachers you know no. the students they just want to, you know to train so i geared it around more exercise which is i'm that's a big thing as well that features in thai boxing as you know a lot of it's about conditioning about mm you know, your strength, um, stamina, everything, you know, flexibility, it all comes into it. It's a full workout, as you know. So I started to do these um, sort of online classes, helping people out. And I stayed away from the Zoom one because, like I said, I just felt it's difficult to show Thai boxing on a little screen that big and you've only got limited space at home. You haven't got a gym. Yeah. But... I did my first, as we said before, my first Zoom call last night, and uh, it was though it's a different direction than Thai boxing, and I, I found it well, it was it was exciting. Mm. It, I must admit, but I still don't know whether I would run a Zoom class. Now, again, I've gone off subject slightly, but you asked me, has it affected me? I I would say yes, obviously in the instant, but then no because I, I like to think that I've adapted, mm. improvised, and overcome. Yeah, by doing what we can. Everybody in summer was great in summer for us all because everybody got out and nature suddenly became more apparent, don't you think? Yeah. 
you know, we started to see more animals come out, and they did. Mm. You know, the sky. You looked up, we saw blue sky instead of aeroplanes. You know, yeah. the chemtrails or whatever. Um, no fumes on the road, so people were, were, people's asthma went down. Uh, there's a lot of asthma about, and I think that's a lot through pollution. And you know, there were birds, you know, whistling and singing in the in the bushes. The, you know, squirrels coming out into the garden. People were seeing foxes, deer. How many people have spotted deer? You never yeah. saw them. And you know, I think that is also that people open their eyes a little bit more because the everything slowed down. And I know I went out cycling a lot more because I had time. Because I'm quite busy. I'm always here, there, and everywhere. But I just had time to slow down and I go on my bike ride and I started uh, cycling wherever I went instead of going in my car and you just I don't know you I felt like I was embracing I'm quite good at embracing my surroundings anyway but sometimes I'm going at 100 miles an hour getting from A to B that you might miss things in between so I think the COVID has helped people just slow down open their eyes and then there's been other effects of it which have been quite positive actually and I try to see the positives in everything even though you know might people might be struggling and have but yeah you've just got to see the positives haven't you and like you said adapt and overcome um and just improvise yeah but no you you, you've hit on the very things that on them we've got very similar thought patterns and Mm. I I believe like I said our eyes suddenly started to go more peripheral Mm. we started to see things more we notice things, you know, you, you know, you'd watch a butterfly and you would literally observe it rather than just, oh, butterfly. And you was, you'd be like transfixed because I was and I saw I've never seen as many butterflies in summer as, as I used to do. Yeah. Maybe because of what you said, and I believe that as well, is that we then adjusted humans. We're part of nature, we're part of the earth. And I feel that, you know, you've seen when there's been a bit of a we don't really get droughts as such in, in the UK. We get more rain than anybody, but. I noticed because I do a lot of walking as well with mm. um, with my fiance and with our little dog, and we go all around the reservoirs. So we love nature, and same thing. We did some site, bought a bike, like a lot of people did. I think yeah. it's been the best thing. You've got to look at the best things that's come out of of, of a crisis, mm. and these are the things we're discussing and talking about now. And people became. I mean, I have no children. I'm not married because I am. I'm engaged, but I've no children. So a lot of people became more family orientated, which yeah. is how it used to be. A lot of the fakeness in society started to drift away and false. Which are the two things I can't stand, mm-hmm. fake and false. Um, you know, those are connected to fake, false and lies, which is what, if you ask anyone, nine out of 10 people go, I hate liars and, you know, uh, you, know that, you know, that's fake, you know, oh, that's false. But people do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the UK is the number one for the worst of those three things, for faking, for falsifying, and for lying mm. um, and those things are what help ruin the society we're the best in the world you care building somebody up and then we're the equally the best which is really the worst at bringing them back down yeah. they just want to see you fail they'll, they'll raise you is... to the top they'll make you a superstar then they want to look for flaws yeah. then they'll start spotting oh look there they're just coming out of uh, you know we've seen them coming out of a kebab shop or you yeah. know what I mean this what's this fitness person or you know we've seen this this model and she's got a, a little bit of a, um, a you know um, she put a little bit of weight on or something yeah. um, you know quick to pinpoint the problems and again, this is something we, we talked about just a bit earlier, the difference between East and West. Mm. Southeast Asians, for me, like Thais and, you know, wherever, Malaysia, China, wherever, Southeast Asia, the karma and, you know, without putting any religion in here, Buddhism, which is not a religion, by the way, um, it's a way of life. Mm. And they've got, they've got the least amount of things, but yet they seem to be the most happy. Yeah. Does that not tell you something? Mm. 
the less items we carry around with us and the less, you know, material objects we've got, the, you know, somebody once said this to me, said the bigger the house, the bigger the bills, the bigger the problems. Yeah. The bigger the car, the bigger the bills, the bigger the problems. And it, it's the same all the way through. Mm. And, you know, we can learn so much. And I think if people could, you know, I relate it to things like people say, I can't afford to go away like you. I can't, I've not got this, I've not got that. I'm not a millionaire. Um, but what I, I don't do is I don't spend money on nonsense, on yeah. fake, false, on cigarettes, alcohol or drugs. Now, it doesn't make me better than you or anybody else on the planet. It doesn't make me holier than thou just because I don't smoke. It doesn't mean to say I'm going to live longer than anybody else either. Yeah. Um, but I just see the price of a packet of cigarettes times that by a year. I've just say 10 or 20 cigarettes a day. And that's three holidays a year. Yeah. It actually is. Yeah, I worked it out. And then if you look at alcohol, um, you know, I'm not against it completely because, you know, people like to have it to relax, whatever. Um, I just think moderation. Mm -hmm. So if you cut your alcohol down, say, by 50% and over a year, that's another holiday. Yeah. You know, if you've got a drug habit, pack that in straight away and that's another holiday. You know, I know some people who, who spend, you know, Fifty hundred pounds a day on drugs. Yeah. What the? I know. Do you just? You could buy a house with that. Know. You know. And to me, that's what's called wasted life. Mm. So, I think everyone should get the chance if they could, and can. Well, you can. Let's change that word "could" to "can." Because if you want something badly enough, you'll go and get it. Yeah. We could do anything we want in this world. You just got to put your mind to it. You've done some. Oxen, I've got to say, you know, I've, like I said, from watching your show, you're. I know you shouldn't ask a lady. 28? 28, yeah. How have you done so much in your 28 years? It, it's phenomenal. Mm. Um, the travel, looking after horses. Uh, you, you've done, you know, these jobs, the relationship, it, everything. I'd, it's incredible. It's inspiring. And the more, the more people that you have around you, like you, you know, so if I was your friend... I'd be I'd be buzzing off you, you know, because we you, can be friends now. So yeah, girl, <laughs> you'll say like, you know, what are you up to now? Yeah. And and when people ask you that, it's because people say, Sandy, you're always here, you're always there. I mean, at the moment we're not, are we? No. We can't travel, but we've done what you said. Mm. Jump on a, I've got, I've got a bike now, and you started to see even more because you can travel a little bit further than you can when you're walking or running. Yeah. Um, unless you're of course Midnight McBride and you uh, you go around the world in, in oh, forty yeah, days. Legs are saurus, but yeah. It's it's not hard, is it? What's the cost of a bike? You can buy a second-hand bike on one of these sites for you know fifty quid, hundred pounds. Yeah. You know, and, that, and that, that's the price of a, of a, of a week's of, of smoking. Just stop smoking for a week, buy yeah. yourself a push bike. Yeah, and that was my like. I think because a lot of people, I have done all these you know amazing things, and I think when in Lockwell, at this just before we went into lockdown, I was meant to move across the other side of the world to Canada. Uh, we had jobs secured um, and everything to go over there. And two weeks before we were due to get on, well, my boyfriend was due to get on the plane um, and go out there, lockdown came. <sighs> and obviously, and a lot of people have said, like, how do you cope with that? And I just think, well, you, you've got to adapt. And I've kind of seen the positives that I've spent more time with my mum. I've spent more time with my horse. Like, I've explored my local area. We're actually buying a house in my local area now because we're... Uh, we were like, actually, what is in, what is important right now? We're not getting, we're not, we can't. It was take, we were taking a risk anyway to go to Canada. 
Um, but now it's like, well, what is immediately important to us? And it's our family and our friends. And like, I, my, I have this like inner excitement when I just sit and think about going out with, when I can actually go out with my friends, it's going to be so emotional. Honestly, it makes me emotional thinking about it just because we've had, you know, all this time we've, we've connected over, over Zoom and, and all that jazz. Um, but to actually go to the clubs and even just sit and have a drink, I think that'll just those moments will be made even better because of COVID. And that's just one one positive. We've got to look at the positives of it. Well, that's like looking down a tunnel and looking at the light at the other end, isn't it? Yeah. Which a lot of people are struggling with. And if you have that mindset that you've got and I've got, is that you look now... The people say, I got asked that question. How are you so positive? Are you so happy all the time? Yeah, I think I wrote that down actually. Are you all, yeah, are you always so positive and so happy? Am I always? Yeah. Uh, well, let's go straight to that question. Yes, I think I am. Uh, there are, I'm going to get, you know, no one can be happy seven days a week, mm. but I'm happy probably six, which is, I think, is a good percentage. Yeah. And there are things that make me unhappy. I'm a human being. I have the same emotions, the same blood runs through my veins as you and everybody on the planet. But I think life and everything's about choice. We make choices. Mm. Okay, if they get, you know, stumped on it, for example, the thing that's just happened with you with Canada, mm. you know, then you just, you know, things aren't, things aren't going right. Go left. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> or go straight. <laughs> Just keep going. Just keep going. You know, that's how I look at it. Yeah. And I described that, I think, last time about how my positivity is a path. As Again, again, cliche, but we're all on a journey. We're all on a path from start to finish. You know, the first part of the journey is we're born. The last part of the journey is we pass, we die. Yeah. But what about all that bit in between? Mm. That's a long you, bit. Yeah, and you know what? This brings me back to when I when I lost my granddad, I went for counselling. And one of the things that sits with me that the woman said to me, she said, look, she said, you had this map, you had your map drawn out, you know, you were doing this and you were going here and you were going to do this. It was all drawn out and you were like, yeah, that's where I'm going to get to. And someone has took it off you screwed it up in a ball, ripped it up and thrown it away. And she said, you are desperately trying to find this path that you were on. She said, you're not going to find it. You've, you've got to write a new path. Rewrite. Like get back, get out your book and write a new path. And she said, set that new goal. Forget about that old path because the other, if you just, if you constantly dwell on that path, you're never going to move forward. You've got to write a new path. And I feel like coming back to COVID, it was like, Obviously, that I would have loved to go to Canada. I, I love travelling. I will get back there one day. I know I will because I've got that passion inside me. But right now, like I've I've got my new map, I've got a, a house, and I've still got a good job. And there's more other opportunities that have come in. So yeah, and that's how I kind of you've got to keep rewriting your path and and keep going forward. So improvise, yeah. adapt, and overcome, which is what we're doing. And I think everybody needs people to be inspired by and. I'm constantly inspired by people. Just the other day um, on Facebook on a group uh, over in Howard, a little four-year-old boy, and the mum took a picture of her son and he was he had one of those uh, litter pickers, you know, those uh, you squeeze the handle and it yeah. picks them up from her, so you don't have to touch the, the items. And it showed him doing this and she put them up and she said, oh, I'm just proud of my little boy. I just wanted to share this on this local site, you know, in our area. Um, little, whatever his name was, uh, did this and da, 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 da. And she put the picture up and it just went whoosh. With, and I thought, how nice for all the, because 
nine out of ten comments on there are always, they haven't come and emptied our bins. Um, or somebody dropped some dog poo and I stood in it today. Yeah. Pick your crap up and take it home with you. Um, <clears throat> and it's the usual moan groans, which is everyday things we do. It's standard. We all yeah. moan. Um, and I put a comment underneath and I just put, this is fantastic. Wow. I am inspired. And I said, it's something that I do, actually. I actually do do what he did. He, just, you know, like a little... Uh, supermarket bike yeah. I always have one somewhere if you have loads in my car and I'll just pick some you know I've always got some hand sanitizer mm. I'll put some as this Lucas aid I mean them cast, gas canisters that kids are, are doing drugs with does my head in um, you know cans of Stella whatever bottles they're always over the beauty spots mm. so I always take a bag with me and I always end up bringing it back with me and Ellie always says to me, oh, stop picking up things, it's, you know, it's dirty. And I said, don't matter, I've got some hand sanitizer. I said, if everybody brought one item back with them for mm. a walk, just one, the place would be clean. Yeah. Every beauty spot, and there's some gorgeous places around that are in, in Lancashire and, and, you know, around Bolton and where I live and where you live. It's, it's phenomenal countryside. Yeah. And it's spoiled by, as I've just said, those litter items. Yeah. But I basically said that I've learned something of a four-year-old here, mm. that if he can do it, and I was already doing it, but I, you know, I was trying to say this to other people, we can all do it. Yeah. Because it's a mindset. You see people chucking a dirty, and I hate McDonald's, a dirty McDonald's wrapper out the window onto the floor. Oh, it's all right. The, you know, the, uh, the council will pick that up. Yeah. Well, hello. You know, let's, we all need re-educating. Mm. You go to these, you know, like in Thailand, I'm saying in Malaysia, the people outside their house and outside their property and everywhere else kept it clean. Yeah. And if it and if it was outside of their perimeter, they would still go and pick it up. Mm. And it's about pride, self-respect, self-control, self-discipline, self, 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 self. It's not selfish. It's about awareness to yourself and doing something for you, which is then helping someone else, which is then helping the planet. Yeah. Because we're a planet of rubbish, aren't we? Everyone's talking about, you know, recycling and plastic, what it's damaging the oceans. Start with you start yeah. now you educate your children parents you go out with them go letter picking in your area inspire yeah. somebody else to Take do it action. and what you did with the you know the 31 days of of, of mental health elf which i think is amazing i'm going to keep coming back to that <laughs> um you know that's something that should be you know taken on by the world should see that because mm -hmm. mental health mind health doesn't just happen in bolton or ozzle twistle Okay, which, yes. you know, um, Midnight McBride needs to learn how to say that. <laughs> He's over there somewhere. Um, Ozzle Twistle. And which is the place, if you don't know where it is, it's between... Uh, Burnley and Blackburn. There you go. Which is in Lancashire. Um, and it can then grow. And it ends up being a, an internet sensation. So like the uh, girl... Uh, Greta Thunberg. I think Thunberg? that sounds... Is it yeah, Thunberg? It's, a, it's, or, a, yeah? it's about, yeah. It's, it, it sounds Greta. about right, doesn't it? She, yeah. you know, just a, a young teenager has helped change the world, hasn't yeah. she? So when they say one man or one woman can't change the world, yes, you can. Well, that goes to back to the Captain Tom thing, and this always inspires me. Like, he's 100, he's been through all this in his life, but he's still, you know, he's able to inspire a nation, done good for the world, uh, and that was all just him probably doing it for his own mental health and naturally going out, and it's kind of rippled across the country. And it's funny, when you were talking before about the, you know, like bad things, people fake and lies, I actually heard something quite it upset me on the radio this morning that 
Captain Tom had been trolled and his family had held it back from him because obviously he would never, he would have been no. like heartbroken that people would have said bad things. But even people are saying bad things about Captain Tom. So it just, I don't know, it just made me feel emotional because he's like, this guy had raised a significant amount of money for charity and, you know, inspired the world. And there's still people out there that are, can have bad things to say. Well, that's. Um, I'm glad you just mentioned um, Captain Tom then, Sir Captain Tom, yeah. is that on that post that I put, I said about learning from a four-year-old and learning from a hundred-year-old, and I quoted yeah. him. I said, we can learn from the, the old people and we can learn from the younger people. And I said, we all got inspired by Sir Captain Tom and now we're being uh, inspired by this little four-year-old boy. Mm -hmm. If he can do that and he's walking around his, wasn't just outside his house, he went down the whole street, yeah. you know, picking litter up. And I thought, that is that is a Colonel Captain Tom, but a four-year-old starts, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. And we can all do something, whether it's what you did, you know, with, with, with the, the, you know, the mental health, whether it's, you know, the mind health I'm doing, whether it's what, you know, any of the two people I've just mentioned. If each person, you know, people think, oh, I'm nobody, I'm nobody special, I've not got skills, I'm not, you know, I'm not Roxy, I'm not Sandy, you know, I can't do what you can do. But yes, every single person yeah, on this can. planet has got a skill. Yeah. My advice is simply is go and find it. Find out what you're good at, follow it, capitalise on it, improvise on it, adapt with it, overcome whatever it is to do with what you like. Yeah. Everybody's got a like, haven't they? And everyone's got a hate. Yeah. Hate's a bad word, like's a good word. So let's focus on the like and the good. So whatever your passion is, you follow it. I say to you, horses, you love horses, yeah. you love travel. Yeah, you love helping people. You know, all these are simple positives and they're helping to change other people's perspectives and way of life. So the question you asked me earlier about why I'm always so positive is because I'm constantly being topped up with positivity. Yeah. Like yourself, seeing what you've done, seeing what you're doing, seeing where you're going. All those three things, again, are positive. Yeah. And, and even if you want to say, see what you've done, that's still a positive. Mm. Where's the negatives? Yeah. There is none. None. No. And I think you sometimes, I think, well, for me, for mental, we'll go back to mental health. I feel like the passion really came from a significant life event, which is, we mentioned at the, at the start, Jess, our mutual friend, taking her own life. And that was the inner drive to make me be an elf for those 31 days because I wanted to get that message out. And I think... When Jess took her own life, it, it almost made me panic a little bit in a way about all my other friends and started to get a bit anxious myself. And I just wanted to get that message out however I could. And I thought, you know, being an elf could get that out, get that out there. And it was funny. It's funny. We sit, we're sat here now. The last time I saw Jess was outside your gym. I met her in the car. She'd come back from France and we sat in the car and we just had a chat, I think about for about an hour. Um, and she absolutely, Sandy, will... I'm getting emotional now. She absolutely would say the most kind words about you. Like you helped her so much. And she sat in that car outside the gym 
and she just said like you know Sandy's helped me like we I'm doing these classes and I know she had to rush off because she'd got one of the girls classes um that she was doing and she just said like yeah you know and I thought that was the last time I saw her and I was like you know she's back on the straight and like straight and narrow and she's got Sandy by her side to help her because obviously there's obviously been distance and I used to see her quite a lot when I was in Clayton because she lived there for a while and that's where I work in Clayton um but yeah, she always absolutely sings your praises that you've you've helped her throughout her life because you've known her for a long time. So, oh, thank you. I, you know, while you were saying that, then I actually my eyes glassed over a bit of a man here there. So that you know, um, we're both in in tune emotionally. I think with that connection with Jess, mm. and you went to school with her. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know that. So it's the things I've, I only learned from seeing your Midnight at Bride show. You know with, that you did with him and. You know, I, I, I was fascinated to see, you know, how much... Because obviously I know about you and I know little things and through your mum, et cetera. But I don't know, the, you know, the whole Roxy, Roxanne, yeah. you know, story. And um, it's it's fabulous. And I think a lot of people, if, you know, if you get the chance to, you know, to look at your look at your show that you did and, and find out more about you and about what you've done and, you know... Um, everything we're talking about today mm. will, will make it very even more transparent. But yeah, um, I'm very humbled by that because Jess did a lot for me. Mm. Let's look at what I was saying about when you give, you receive. And I've known her 12 years. I remember going to a house having my first pole lesson the first time I met her, actually, after uh, she did a couple of Thai boxing sessions. And her mum said, come to the house, and, you know, we, we need to talk. Yeah, to well, I'd had a similar experience with her that my mum had gone to her house and we'd done the, the poll in her house, so that resonated with me when you were watching your show and you were talking about that. So we've got a lot of connections. Mm. And, you know, she was 15 when I met her, uh, 14, 15, and I just I was instantly attracted to that energy she gave, mm. that positivity and the smile, the vibrant, as you mentioned in your, in your interview about, about her, and you were saying that she, you know, like us, we love colour. You know, we're a colour thing. Yeah. and. It's it gives out, it radiates, it gives something to people, even when it's only, you know, something to the oh, you know, like like today I said to her, I like your hair. Um, you know, you've got, you've got a colour on it, it's vibrant, you know, and it's not about um you know, I got asked the question in an interview actually in another podcast, and somebody said, Why do you do that with your hair? And I thought, and it was a direct question <laughs> that I have been asked but not been asked and never yeah. had to sort of sit there and, and, and you know, dissect it really, dissect it. And I said well, number one, because I can. Um, and I don't mean that in a, a cocky way, just like, you know, because I've got some hair, because I know people who yeah. are, people who don't have hair, so they can't do it. They've not got a choice. So I'm very lucky. So thank you, Mum and Dad, for giving me and allowing me to have hair still at this my age. Um, another thing is because I just love, like yourself, I love colour. Mm. You know, you've got the thing with the rainbow. I had a rainbow in the back of my hair. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. I did not like that. Um, you know, colours express who we are. What do people say? Like, you know, say on, on a date, they'll go, oh, you know, what's your what's your favourite food? Uh, what's your favourite colour? It's one of the big, it's the top five questions. Mm. So why would we have... What's your favourite colour? What is my favourite colour? Yeah. All of them. All of them. Anything yeah, that's bright. that's a good answer, that. I haven't, got, I haven't got one. It's like, what's your favourite... Uh, if I said to you, have you got one favourite all-time song or record? Mm. You only had to pick one, could you? Probably. But you struggle to have because what yeah. was number one for you ten years ago would have changed five years ago, would have changed this year, would have changed fifteen, twenty years ago. Yeah. Because you've always got a number one at certain stages of your life that might represent something, a, a, a song that likes 
you know, you touched on it before about, you know, when all this is over, um, you just want to go out and dance. Mm. Oh, yeah. I love, I love dance, dance, don't I? I love dance. I, I actually used to, one thing, one little fact here, people, well, you don't know about me. Um, <laughs> should I reveal it? Oh. Yeah, because they might all be, well. I'll tell you what, I'm going to throw this as a question to you and everyone who's going to be out to Gwenning is, if I was to ask you, what has Sandy Holt done that would shock? Not shock as in like, you know, I killed somebody once. Anyway. Probably, um, you know, what have I done something in my nothing. life that would shock you? I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a, a, a clue. Something that I've done that you could say that I've been paid to do. So it narrows it down a little bit. Oh, um, full Monty. You, you, you're very hot. You're very warm. <laughs> you're, what, you're close. You're, you're, you're warm. Is it, it involves taking your clothes off? <laughs> <laughs> Not that far. You're too hot now. Okay. Maybe, yeah. um, I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you. Go on. Um, I was actually a podium dancer. Oh, right. Wow. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I used to get asked all the time, we're doing Thai boxing, to become a bouncer, a doorman. Yeah. I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to hit people. I'd do it in the ring where it's is legal and yeah. somebody's hitting you and it's done professionally and it's done under control conditions. I'm not a violent man as some people think, oh, Thai boxing, oh, you know. No, I'm the opposite. I will stop a fight rather than start a fight. Mm -hmm. I will prevent a fight. Uh, I will teach people how not to fight. They'll say, oh, that's not Thai boxing. Yes, it is. You're learning to defend yourself, look after yourself. And if you have to fight to survive, then there's the fight. Yeah. If you have to fight in the ring professionally or, you know, it's a competition, there you go. Simple. Mm -hmm. You do not have to become, and this is a, a something I'd like to mention while I'm on that subject. 90% of people who come training with me Thai boxing over the, I've done it for 43 years this year, um, 90 plus percent do not compete or fight mm -hmm. or want to. So why is it they've got so many people want to do it? Because of all the, the benefits. So anyway, why did I do the podium dancing? Because I didn't yeah, want to be dancing. a doorman. Yeah. Um, my ex-partner girlfriend at the time, uh, she was a hairdresser. She was, she loved, I actually met her on the dance floor. So dancing's a thing that I was doing alongside of martial arts. I yeah. actually nearly, I used to do dance competitions as well. So I nearly became a professional dancer. Um, but martial arts was overtaking and I had to take, decide which path I would take. Yeah. So I came to a, one of those crossroads, yeah? Um, and I eventually took, obviously, the one we know. But it's, so it's always been at the back end a passion of mine. So anyway, she was, uh, she used to love dancing and she got spotted in a few nightclubs saying what a great dancer she was. And she went, she did a lot of aerobics and stuff like that. That was her form of exercise. And she got asked by um, these dormant, uh, sorry, dormant, that she got asked by the, nightclub owners would she back in the time when they used to have podium dancers yeah. would she dance and she said yeah so she started to do it and then they said do you know anybody else who do it well i knew a lot of people our Thai boxers tend to be they have a look they know they've got a bit of rhythm and they've got coordination um, <laughs> i'm hoping you're going to tell me that you you were doing fire breathing to be no like, oh. i didn't go that far um but yeah i ended up you know doing it with her um yeah. and I got a couple of my friends from the gym doing it as well, with my right. students. Uh, so what kind of dancing? I'm just trying just to visualise. Club, club yeah, dancing. Okay. Yeah, absolutely of, club dancing. Yeah, I can imagine you break dancing actually. Uh, no, I, I, well, I used to, prior to that, I was a Northern Soul dance champion, oh. which is oh, probably the wow, early okay, version wow. of break dancing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah wow. a little bit of that went in there as well. But um, yeah, so there's some bit of interesting facts yeah, about right, the, um, wow. 
the person who, uh, who really just <laughs> think, you know, go around hitting people for a living. No, uh, I did something else. So have yeah, you, listen. on that subject, done anything unusual in all your travels where you've... Because I know you've had to work while you've been travelling yeah. to sustain that because, you know, in the countries you're in, you can't just go for free. What unique or different jobs have you done? Um, so... I don't know whether I mentioned the camel handling on the last Camel handling? One. Yeah, I don't know whether I mentioned that on the last well, one. Well, you did, but I, I, you didn't enhance on it, so let's... Yeah, so obviously when I was travelling, we we went out there um, with the intention to work and then move on. When we realised Australia was so big, we thought, well, we'll stay in one place, work for a little bit, then move on, then kind of... So where did you start? So started in Perth. Um, nice Perth. Yeah, we were just working in a bar, probably not not overly exciting really was this but then, by yourself or with your boyfriend no this was with my best friend oh, your best friend yeah sorry. at the time so we went up um so yeah started in perth worked in a bar for a little bit and then we thought oh, we're a bit fed up with that and we went on like a, a a road trip up the west coast um which was which was amazing did that for three weeks and then we got to a place called broom and that broom. was where broom how do you spell that b-r-o-o-m-e yeah, broom. So it's and like like a broom, a broom with an e on the end. Yeah, yeah broom right, with an e it. on the yeah. end. So that was um, I, we got there, and there was obviously we we needed to work, find some work, and that was when I applied to the camel handling job, and it was basically to just the on the broom beach. It's quite famous for having the camels on the beach. Do you know? I didn't know that you had camels. Well, not you, but that Australia had camels. Yep. You learn camels. something every day is a school you know, day, isn't it? Do you know it? what? There's a lot of wild camels in the outback of Australia because wow. we I've seen when I was in um working as a cowgirl after the camel handling. <laughs> um, <laughs> it just gets better this. So I write these down, right? So we've got number one, cow. So what, what what have we got? Cowgirl? Cow, yeah, camel yeah. handler. Cowgirl. Cow then we've got what, what's the one? Camel, what are you called? Camel handler. Camel handler. Okay, all these will go on your CV, you know. And yeah, and do you know, when you're first saying, have you done something unique? I've just bought myself a pair of roller skates as well. So that's oh, my, my Are they in line or as a four? As a four. Yeah, yeah. old school, go old you. Old school, retro. But it's funny, whenever I tell anybody, I said to my boss, I said, oh, what, he said, what are you doing at the weekend? I said, well, I'm going picking up my roller skates, going to get roller skating. He said, honestly, not going to lie, I thought you would already have some. Like, <laughs> right, skate, skating girl. Skater. Skating girl. So, right, we've got a list is growing here. Do you know, you've just touched a subject there. I was, I went through about, there used to be a place in Bolton. Um, I don't know if your mum will remember it. Uh, or Midnight will remember it. It's a place called Nevada. Oh, I've heard yeah. my mum Not Nevada, speak. but Nevada. It was yeah. the. It was an all-purpose seven-day-a-week skating ring oh. for roller roller skating. For, it's not there Four now. wheels. No, it got not oh. there. It's the uh, Bolton Lads and Girls Club now in Bolton. And everyone was sad when it was, I think they had a fire in it, and then they just knocked it down. It's a shame. But it was phenomenal. I know a lot of people who even met there and married and kids and everything. Um, in fact, one of my best friends, Pony, he met his girlfriend. In fact, I introduced him to his girlfriend and he ended up having three kids with her. So, yeah. Uh, but I used to go there roller skating and I did as much of that as I did Thai boxing. All right, but, you well, know, pre, yeah. This, you know, uh, well, I was doing that as well, so actually. I think I started martial arts at the same time. And so dancing, roller skating, martial arts, um, all interlinked, of course. So, so what you're saying is you like roller skating and maybe because you're not currently doing Muay Thai, you might buy a pair of roller skates and come skating on car parks with me. Yes. <laughs> okay, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs>
It's yeah. a form of exercise, yeah. isn't it? No. Do you know what? I didn't realise, I've done it for the past two weekends and my body aches. I don't know whether it's because I'm tensing and, you know, trying to stay upright, but it's quite a good workout, actually. See, so we're going to be starting a new craze off here. And then once we become millionaires, <laughs> yeah, yeah, when Midnight McBride helps us become millionaires and we, and we get some sponsors for him, and um, we will then, okay, have a Nevada. Yeah, yeah. Mind Health Roller skating. Mind health roller skating. Yes. Yeah. And we'll open the. And I know that everyone will come to it because there was. It's it, a massive place in Bolton and surrounding areas. People came from all over, like you know, say in Lancashire, Manchester. Mm-hmm. Um, they came from everywhere to it, and it, it was a great meeting place. Um, you could skate on your own solo, or you could skate with a friend. Somebody could hold mm-hmm. on to you, like you would if you were ice skating. Mm-hmm. You know, you need that balance. Um, and obviously on four wheels, it's, it's a little bit, you know, you're yeah. more chance of staying up than you have on an inline. Well, what I've realised, because I, I did a little bit at a roller disco and obviously you've got the side and now I'm on car parks, you don't have anything to hold on to apart from any nearby cars. You just grab on <laughs> parked cars. Has it got a stopper on the front? Yes. But I'm not, I'm not very good. So maybe you could actually. Well, show I haven't done me it for years, so things. you might have to show me first, yeah, and then, and then once I, I pick a bit of confidence up, off we go. Yeah. Um, so many subjects, um, Roxy. I, you know, some of the stuff that you've done. I mean, again, you're saying about being a cowgirl, about doing the, the camel handling. How did you find the difference between horses and camels? <laughs> And obviously there's a, there's a subtle difference, but what was, you know, with regards to sort of handling them, um, I'm, I'm guessing riding them. Yeah, so they were, it was mainly we would get the camels ready um, and then they would all be in a line and we'd take them from the camel farm down to the beach and then people would come um, and ride them. But yeah, they're, they're a lot bigger than horses. Um, they're slower when they're walking, um, but you've got to be careful because if they set off, they're fast. Um, but these ones, they, they were quite quite tame, Um yeah, diff- very, very different. Couldn't obviously ride them like a horse. I didn't get to ride them that often because I was just, you know, on the ground and more communicating with the customers and getting them on the camels and out there having a nice, nice day. But yeah, yeah. Right. and I believe your, your partner, your um, your chap, Marcus. Yeah, Marcus. Yeah, did he get to do the camels? Or had he not met you at that stage? No, so he hadn't come out at that stage. He then went on. He met me. Where did he meet me? He met me after the camel handling and after I'd been on the cattle station first time. But we have actually been on, yeah, tell that, we've actually had, when we drove from, because we did a road trip through the middle of Australia, me and Marcus in a camper van. And this this is a really good story. I like to tell this story that when, so we had this six birth camper van that we'd, um, they do this thing in Australia where they, you can relocate and you they don't charge you. They just need you to get that camper van from X to Y in a certain amount of days. So we had 10 days to go from the top of Australia to the bottom, totally free. This camper van would have cost us about nine grand if we'd have paid for it for the trip. So we set off on our journey and it was we were going at the same time as this family that we'd met and they had four kids and there was the mum and the dad um, and they were going down at the same time we kept passing them you know like saying hi hi how are you the gam- yeah the gambles family and then when we got to the middle in the center of all the room we that's we we actually met them at the camels uh, we were having a drink at the camels and they said oh like we're having, are you having a good time and it was quite nice but we'd actually it was a time we paused and we could have conversation with them and, and get to know them a little bit better and they said oh we were just a bit disappointed because our uh, travel agent had told us that the 
the camper van that we had, we, we returned it, but they didn't tell us that the, the hotel they were staying at was really far away from the rock and they were trying to hire a car and it was costing them like 600 pounds $600 for the day to hire this car and we, we were like mum and egg and they said oh we're just a bit disappointed because we're not going to see the rock now and I said all oh, right well we've got room in our six birth camper van and probably shouldn't say this out loud because we did a bit of illegal activity but we put the kids in the so this is the next put day the so, we, so we, yeah. we did the um, <laughs> the camel camel riding me and Marcus and this family and then the next day we picked them up uh, we put the, the the four kids in the seat belts and me and Marcus in the front and then the mum and dad they were in the back and we said well if we get pulled over you're gonna have to go in the toilet and we're gonna have to pretend that there are kids <laughs> <laughs> and honestly they were just like a really nice family and they lived in Brisbane and since then so that was just funny because it was like two backpackers driving through Australia ends up helping out this family. We had ice pops in our fridge and we're giving them to the kids. And it was just really nice, really, really nice family. And then we ended up staying with them again when we when I went through well, I went through Gisborne without Marcus and Marcus has been to stay since. But like I know that if I ever went back, we could just ring them up and say, you know, we're passing by and they're just genuinely nice people gave us the keys to the car when we stayed at the house and just let us have free reign so yeah it's always a nice little story that i like to and that tell comes that. with travel doesn't it which is what we're saying you yeah. meet the most amazing people in the world when you travel and as i said you know prior before we came on on the show uh, travel really does broaden your horizons mm. and helps you as a person grow as a human being because you get to talk to people from different cultures yeah they have different traditions different ways of doing things and just by observing we've got two eyes facing out for a reason mm. use them look observe and then from there you, you know pick up what the images you've got from your eyes into your brain process and then talk to people make make connections yeah and because you can end up with a lifelong friend i mean your story about how you met is it lauren lauren yeah yeah it was your best friend well, you were sat on the plane with her going out to uh, Malaysia, was that yeah, right? Yeah. So, you know, you can become friends with someone with a stranger sat on a plane. Yeah. Can suddenly be your life lock. You could end up knowing it till the day you pass. And do you and know what, how mad is that? It's funny that you say plane friends because it's a bit of a joke along people who know me that I make. Play, fr friends on planes all the time just with people I've met somebody who and it, I think it's more of like people say like, how how do you just get these things how do these things happen to you Roxy and I just say like sometimes I think I don't know but then when I think about it it's because I I talk to people and I engage with people and I ended up in this I'd met somebody on a plane in so I was in, obviously, in economy and this guy got on the plane and he had, like, these crazy trousers on. And I just said, like, oh, I said... Funky trousers. Trousers yeah. are crazy. And then it turns out he was meant to be on a different flight in first class and he was quite, you know, like, high-up businessman in, in Melbourne and he ended up letting me go into first class. Wow, you're and, you joking. Know, like, yeah. Oh, and what just, a move. Yeah, and in and another time where some I've met somebody and I said, oh, not got accommodation sorted. Because when you're young, you just, you just wing it. You just arrive. That's the and one. You That's the it. word, wing it. Yeah, and <laughs> when I was winging it this one time, there was no places to stay. And actually, I had to give this guy a call and say, I don't, you know, you." but people are so, like, you're taking the risk. Like, you don't know who these people are. But, you know what, you've just got to trust that people are... 
a kind that you would be. Um, but yeah, they rang him, rang him up and said, can me and my boyfriend stay? And he, anyway, it turns out when we turned up, he said, oh, I'm not going to be here, but do you mind looking after my puppy for five days and I'll leave you the keys to my car and my house? And, and off he went to work. Wow. And me and Marcus just had stayed in his house. Yeah, and then when he came back, we made him Sunday lunch, said thank you, and we're off on our way. So yeah, just a lot of people I've met on planes sort of just that is a brilliant had the story. conversation. <laughs> oh, no. Isn't it? These are things, you know, that you, you know, stuff that you see in films. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of reality there by, you know, these opportunities that come along. And I've got a little bit, you know, a few stories like that, because obviously I've done a lot of traveling. I do mm. um, fight commentating. So I've managed to go a lot around. I tell you what, I've had my eyes open because I've done, obviously, I've been to Thailand 20 times. Um, I've been to Kuala Lumpur. Uh, been to China. I've not been to Japan. I would love to go there. Yeah. That's one of my questions, actually. Where would where would you travel if, say, someone said you've got to go somewhere tomorrow? Where would you go? Got to go. Or I would like to go. Ooh. Like to go that like you've not go, been. That I've not been. Yeah. I think Japan, as I've just mentioned, because yeah. I've never done that, and it's Southeast Asia is massive. Um, you know, it probably covers. I don't know, maybe a quarter of the of the globe really of you know of landmass and it's so vast i have been to thailand top bottom left and right and middle still not been to everywhere there you can't i mean if you live to a thousand years old i bet you couldn't see every town in the uk mm. every village every street no every corner and every hill and mountain i know that's how people say of course you could no you couldn't you got to think of how many places. There's still places in Bolton I don't know, mm-hmm. and I've lived here all my life. I went down the street only a couple of weeks ago because I think because of the bikes and you know because of you know lockdown, we've been able to walk more places. And I've gone down and I've walked around, down to a reservoir I have never seen in Bolton before. Yeah. And I was like, well, who put that there? <laughs> it's obviously been there like you know for, for millennia. And I suddenly spotted it, and it was like I didn't discover it. Of I had one of those mo- reservoir moments, like yeah. oh. Where's Where's that from? from? Something's shove them. Yeah. So I think Japan is one of them. Um, New Zealand, I think. You've been, haven't you? Yeah. Only briefly. Briefly. Yeah, Queenstown. But that's beautiful. Right. There's two islands to New Zealand, isn't there? There's the North Island and the South Island. Yeah. Which has the capital on it, do you know? North, I think. Is it North? I think it is, isn't it? Auckland, yeah. Auckland. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a Thai boxing student come to train with me from New Zealand. Now, he didn't travel from New Zealand to come to see me. Not that important. What he did was he left New Zealand like a lot of people do, because a lot of people leave Australia, don't they, and mm. New Zealand to go around Europe and do things. Um, because obviously they're on an island and it's so far away from the rest of the world, far yeah. removed, even as much as they're beautiful and they're great. People, they want to see other parts of the world, as like we do. So... But it's a massive amount of travel for them, so that's why they end up. They'll go and they'll do. They'll go, I'm doing. You know, I'm going to study in whatever in London, or I'm going to New York. And they yeah. tend to do these type of things, don't they, when they go travelling? But this gentleman, his name's Brett Harold, came to the UK and he went to and he got he found a job in Aberdeen in Scotland, and he liked martial arts, so he found a, a local club. And a guy called, uh, a Welsh guy actually living in Aberdeen called mm-hmm. Pat Davis. He was the instructor and it was like a different type of, it was almost like a mixed martial arts uh, type place. They did Jeet Kune Do, did Karate, a little bit of kickboxing. And it, the instructor was in, interested in Thai boxing. So his instructor contacted me, Pat, to come down from Aberdeen to train with me. You know, he said, I want to enhance my Thai boxing. I know a little bit. We're a bit far out up here mm-hmm. in Aberdeen. 
could I do some training with you? So he came down, did a couple of weekends with me, which he did. And on, on one of the third weekend, he said, I've got a student here who's over from um, New Zealand. He's, he's living here at the moment. He's working here. Um, and he's heard of you and he wants to come and train with you. Can I bring him with me? I said, of course you can. So he comes down. He's a big strapping Kiwi lad and um, he'd done rugby and stuff. You know, mm -hmm. So he was in good order, in good shape. And he wanted to do more of the striking, the Thai boxing side. So anyways, he made it the trip a few times. And he eventually uh, he got that... Um, basically he just overtook him and he said you know what can you find me an apartment somewhere in Bolton I want to I really want to do it properly right, well. so I said okay so got him a flat um, set him up I even got him a job at um, the garage across from me off my gym oh, yeah, a couple yeah. of garages there he worked there so he literally only had two minutes to go to work and two minutes to his, his flat and mm -hmm. two minutes to my gym and it all worked out really well and he ended up I trained him up to be a fighter he, he won three titles mm -hmm. he become a red armband which is like a, a black belt instructor and this was a, over a period of like three or four years he did tremendous because he was really dedicated he was yeah. in the gym like six days a week phenomenal athlete um and very receptive you know because when you're hungry for something you learn yeah. learn much quicker don't mm -hmm. you you know when you want to do something you will grab it with both hands yeah. just as, as you've done with a lot of things that you've you've learned to do um and then but all the while he had a, a girlfriend who lived in Aberdeen, who was actually from one of the uh, smaller islands up towards the Outer Hebrides called Stornoway. Oh, okay. And she'd moved to, to get a job in uh, Aberdeen. That's where she was living. Her parents still lived in Stornoway. So he left his girlfriend. So part of this journey as well was they were missing each other. And it's a hell of a long way to Aberdeen. It's a mm. good five-hour drive. So uh, I ended up helping her get a job. <laughs> In Bolton, she was worked at a bank. It was the Royal Bank of Scotland. They're everywhere. Yeah. So she got a job. They moved in together. And she did Thai boxing because she was doing a bit up there. They used to train together as well. And she become very good at it as well. Mm. So, But then after they'd been here for about five, six years, they decided uh, he wanted to go back to uh, his homeland. Um, and he, it's a place, a very unusual place. I'll never forget the name. Um, and the way, you know, you have word association. Mm. Well, you know a balaclava. Yeah. This is how I remember it. It's called Balcuda. Oh, right, okay. And it's on, I think it's on the South Island, I think. Um, and he ended up moving back and he, he went back with his partner. They're married, they've got a kid and he runs a Thai boxing gym there now. Oh, right, wow. So, but I've never been. Oh, because that would be a good linking because he would obviously open you, invite yes, you with so having arms, a connection, you know, whether yeah. it be, you know, through what you do or meeting somebody on a plane. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, well, that that's my one. So I'm going to throw that back at you because um, obviously, you know, you, you've got this real zest for travel. What's What's top of your list? It's a hard one. I've always wanted. I've always wanted to go to Norway, and that's always been like top there. But I feel like I would. I don't know. It's it's one a place that I've I've wanted to go, and I'm not sure why. I think it's just seeing the pictures and the Northern Lights, Northern and it Lights just looks stuff, amazing, yeah. and the pictures. And but then I, I'm always hesitant because I feel like I want to say I don't know what I'm saving it for, but I just it's like a. But maybe I should just go. Maybe that's, yeah. I think you've just, I should just yeah, bite I think you've talked yourself into it. Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, I've had oh, the... actually, no, there is one. There is one. And yeah, the Borneo Rainforest and Sumatra. Oh. So I'm, I, I'm obsessed with orangutans. I just find them fascinating. And you can go and see them in the rainforest. And Borneo is... I mean, you're not I far. I mean, obviously, when you've been in Kuala Lumpur. Yes, yeah, Malaysia, it's, it's Malaysia. Yeah. And I feel like the culture and the people probably be similar and a few of my friends have been to Sumatra to do volunteering and I think I said this to my boyfriend actually recently I think the next time I travel I want it to be to go out somewhere and help 
a cause or something or do some do something good with it while the you're there not just yeah. a holiday not, not just sightseeing yeah explore around you yeah. do a bit of bow can't you so you do yeah that would be yeah. yeah so there you go that's Roxy's adventures isn't it yeah oh brilliant um yeah so i think new zealand for me japan um i do i fancy actually uh is it yellowstone park in america Oh, that's yeah, supposed yeah. to be phenomenal with mm. the geezers and all the animals and the stuff um i see america's another one isn't it we sort of like put it to the one side and um you know i have had the pleasure of going to america i've actually done a seminar in new york um i've been to california and took fighters uh, i've been to vegas um there's so much i mean america's such a big country as well and there's so many places that you could go there isn't there um i've had i've not been to norway but i've been to finland um and i've fought in sweden i've been to sweden about three times and a couple of years ago with my partner went Haley to Iceland. Oh yeah. Okay. Went to see the Northern Lights. Amazing. Didn't see them. Oh right. Not amazing. <laughs> Sorry. Just... No. <laughs> what amazing? No. Didn't see them. Went to watch oh, whale it. watching. And oh. you saw whales? No. Oh right. No whales. Um, all we saw was everyone throwing up on the on Do the boat, including the, me. That, that's so funny because someone said someone asked me the other day, "What's your biggest regret?" And I was struggling to think of one because I'm quite forward thinking and I don't really look back. I always I don't regret it. I learn from it, and I think you know you follow a certain path. But there was one time we were on the west coast, which I said earlier, and me and Lauren, who we've already mentioned, we were. We, we didn't, we, we had money, but we were just being a bit tight, you know, because we didn't know what the future would hold and we didn't want to take risks unnecessarily. And there was an op- uh, opportunity to go and see whale sharks. So these, you can snorkel with the whale sharks. Oh, they wow. are absolutely amazing. But you didn't do and, it. No, no, we didn't do it. <laughs> we, there was a, so they said that if you don't see the, if you don't see the whale sharks, you can come back tomorrow Um and see them and have an opportunity to see them again. It was out of season, so it wasn't likely they were going to be there anyway. And the trip that we were on, they were like, well, you have this one day, but we're leaving tomorrow. So you pay your money with the chance that you Take might. Take chance. And we, we just sat there and we thought, oh, we're not going to bother. And everybody else went. And, and everybody saw else saw the whale sharks oh. and manta rays and amazing fish. And they all had pictures to show for it. And that is one, one regret. But I think what I take from that is sometimes maybe just take take the risk, take that leap of faith. And actually, when we reflect back, we had money, we had the time. Like, we don't really have... And some, we still, like, debate over this to this day. Like, why did we not <laughs> do we it? Not do that? Kicking yeah, yourself. Everyone has that, Roxy. Everyone has a regret. If you didn't, you're not human. But you learn from them and What's you smile your, from them and what? you laugh from them and you'll know, but that'll do, will just enhance your feelings. Next time you go somewhere and you see that opportunity, you know, you just said earlier on, and I'm going to pick up on your point, you said about risk and you've got that inside. You've got this thing where if you take a risk, you take a chance, you've got a chance. Yeah. If you take no risk, you failed already. Mm-hmm. It's fail, instant fail. So, you know, I think for anyone who's watching this, you know, if you want to, take a little bit of light out of something that me and Roxy are talking about is, you know, don't take stupid risks. Mm -hmm. But if you take a small risk and occasionally step it up a gear and and then there will be a time when there is a big risk, um, but you've got to look over, you know, I always think, like I said, for me, I've got many quotes, but life's about choices and comes in what you're saying, why I was positive. I choose positivity over negativity. Mm. I choose optimism over pessimism. I choose happiness over sadness. I choose health and fitness over unhealthy. 
mm-hmm. and not being fit. I choose healthy, good food choices over rubbishy, crappy McDonald's and, you know, the killer of the planet. Don't get me on the subject. Do you want should to get, I not? If you, not, want, if you want to, if you, how to say, wind me up, how to wind Sandy up, up is just simply. Should I not on. tell you that I just had a cheeseburger? You do not tell me that. <laughs> if you're doing press-ups. Okay. If you're doing press-ups on the table. Oh, no. Yeah, 25 press-ups for you, my You'll have to, you take your. Well, yeah, I don't know if anyone's noticed that, but yeah, I, this is my, uh, I've never seen it. It's the world's smallest um, punch bag. I've not even tried it till now, so this is Hey, a actually, maybe that might be um, like a, a challenge. How many times can you punch that? Bang in a minute. Oh, I'm going to be rushing out (laughs) buying one of these now. I forget where I got it from. I think it was uh, a little plug to Bradley Fold um, Garden Centre in Bolton. So, yeah, so it's it's there situated on the front of this From Pills to Peace on Midnight McBride's book. Um, He's now got a a boxing book. Uh, So that's his next next edition. Um, Yeah. Have you not wrote a book? Oh, see, now then. This is something. Maybe I can ask any of the viewers. I've been saying... I got interviewed uh, for a mag- martial arts magazine, some really good questions. And one of them was, you know, what have you achieved and what have you got left to do within your field? Yeah. You know, it's like for me saying to you, you know, I could throw that back at you and say, Roxy, what have you done with horses? Yeah, well, I've, I've bred them, uh, I've rode them, I've competed with them. Have you got anything left to do? Yes, what I would like to do is I would like to race on... Um, you know, at this famous race course, or I would mm. like to do show jumping. Yeah. You've all, you've obviously got the things you've done and achieved, what you set out maybe to do, or maybe not to do. It just that's how your your path took you. Um, and I've achieved probably ninety plus percent of what I wanted to do in martial arts. Mm. And doesn't mean though that I've learned it all. I, even though I was very, one of my proud moments was uh, a couple of years ago, I got my master's in Thailand. So I've become a master, which yeah. I don't, I don't throw it out there to people. And I don't want people calling me master. Uh, you know, as people in the Western culture would see us like, you know, what well, do you want me to bow to you? You know, subserviently. No, no, mm-hmm. you don't. I'm Sandy. Um, you know, it's just a title. It's just a level that you've attained. Once you've attained that level, you have to maintain it and you have to keep on learning. There's never a day that you don't learn within your field. It's like me saying to you, do you know everything about horses, Roxy? No. No. You you know, um, so I feel I've always got this drive to, you know, to keep improving. But one of them, and and I've gone again a little bit around the eyes, as we keep doing, (laughs) you asked me about a book. I said this 10 years ago. I'd like to write a book. I still haven't. And I think, obviously, the more, I could probably write, a dozen books with mm. the material you and the content. You have a lot of words. There's a, yeah, a lot of words, a lot of descriptions, but a lot of events that have happened in mm. my life and a lot of things that I could talk about and that for people could possibly, hopefully, you know, they would read it. Um, but, yeah, that's something. I would love to find a, I don't know if they call it a ghostwriter, mm. because I'm not a writer. Um, I can talk, as you know. We can both do that. I can put it down in words to a degree, but it's whether I've got the physical time to do the two and then get mm. a, someone to, you know... Um, produce that book and write it and you know print it and do all the other stuff but i would love to um and there's i don't know which way it would go because like i said i could do a a, i could certainly do a book on cyboxing but that's a limited audience um i could do a book on you know just basically you the the experiences that i've had and you know the things we've touched on with mind health uh touched on about things where you know places you know dark places we've been in our mm. lives where you know we've had problems where we've lost people you have yeah. i have um how you've dealt with that 
Um, you know, and obviously that you know the, the the great experiences, you know, the things that you have done um, and can do. So yeah, that is something that I would love to mm. do. And that is to write a book. Well, Roxy, this has been absolutely fantastic. It's gone so quickly. Um, I think, I mean, there's so many questions I didn't ask you. We've just been chatting away, having a good time. There's so much more I want to explore and find out a little bit about other things you've done mm. and things you're doing and what's next. You know, we touched on the uh, m mental health, mind health, okay, and what will be next. But it, I'd love to do another show with you. This has been absolutely fantastic and, and thank you. Yeah, brilliant. And I think same to you. Thank you. I know I see you a lot on social media and it's just been good to connect. We've got so much in common. I feel like you've inspired me. I almost sit here and think, I really want to go back to Thai boxing because I kind of dip in and out of it. And I think during lockdown, I've put on a bit of, of bit of weight. So that'll need to come off to get my beach body back. So, you know, what's better way Thai boxing? Uh, my mum's always wanted me to fight. She's always said, I don't know whether she's just biased. But she's, oh, you're really good. You could fight. I don't know whether she's trying to just live vicariously through me. Who knows? But anyway, I would like to come back um, to your gym if if possible when, when that time comes. And yeah, thanks for inspiring me. I know I always see your videos and the positivity and the energy and it's just amazing. So please keep that up and keep being you. Please get a rainbow again in the back of your hair when you can do. <laughs> and yeah, keep your hair. It's it's wonderful. Oh, bless you. Honestly, I, yeah, I'm humbled. You know, definitely have to do another one because, you know, yes. And yes, yes, yes to all your, uh, your questions about coming back training and everything. So it's been absolutely fantastic. Thanks for watching, everyone. I hope you have a good week. And we'll see you very soon. Shalom. 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 Thank you.